You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning and welcome to church. Great to have you with us. I want to thank you and welcome you for joining us our Sunday morning service uh, with the Los Angeles International Church of Christ, the metro region, but also want to welcome our Bay Area family. Uh, it's great to have all of you with us this morning, as well as everyone else who's watching from all over the place. Uh, it's great to have you, great to be together. We're continuing our series on the Spirit, and um, this morning uh, we're going to talk about what the Spirit says to the church. That's the title of the sermon. Um, and as I was, I'm just going to tell you up front, as I was preparing this, there was no way I was going to get all this in one sermon. I realized this is probably really three sermons. So I had actually already had the, all the sermons lined up. So I'm going to have to figure out how to adjust that. But uh, just a lot of good stuff to learn, a lot of good stuff to get into the Bible and study and be moved by, transformed by, inspired by. And I can't wait to jump in. Let's go ahead and go to God in prayer and uh, then we'll jump on in. Let's pray. Father God, we. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for this time that we have to focus our hearts, our minds, our souls, our everything, God, on you and your word. Help us now, Father, to uh, put all the distractions aside and just really listen and really hear what you have to say to us, God. Help us to uh, shut down anything that's distracting us, phones, computers, anything else, and just focus ourselves on you. Help us to have focused minds and to hear everything that you're saying to us for the next 30, 40 minutes. God, we love you. We thank you for speaking to us, for reaching out to us. Help us to respond with love and respect. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what the Spirit says to the church class one or first class on on this topic because wow what a big topic hearing what god has to say to us as a church as christians as disciples as the holy nation as the people belonging to god as members of the church right and the first part of this i realized as i was preparing is really uh this the fact just recognizing and acknowledging that the spirit speaks to us it absolutely, he absolutely speaks to us. And I think the, the, the older I've become as a Christian, especially the last couple of years that I've really focused on spirituality. And of course, I'm going to school to learning about spirituality. I've learned to be way more attentive to the spirit and to hear him when he speaks to me. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm just at the beginning of learning all this, but wow, is there so much to learn and, and just how exciting it is to know and to hear when the spirit is speaking to us. The, really the biggest question, I mean, we'll talk about how to hear, but the, the, the first biggest question is, are we listening? Are we listening? Because we have to be listening in order to hear. And, 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 and we have to be paying attention in order to hear what he's saying. We know that he speaks to us. We know that even Jesus said that he needed to go so that the spirit could come, so that the counselor, the helper, the parakaleo could come and help us. And so he he needed to go so that, in a sense, instead of God being in the, in the flesh, now we would have God in the Spirit helping us all the time, everywhere, but also speaking to us. And that's what's really exciting. Um, it's a big topic. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, I was going through all the, I was going through Revelation and, you know, there's, there's seven churches which symbolize all the churches. Seven's a perfect number. The full mature group, the full count of God's churches. Seven churches. And seven times he says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So this is an important thing. that We, we need to listen. We need to hear what the Spirit is telling us as a church as God's people, as his holy nation. He says it seven times. Uh, he says, the, the Bible talks about hearing, you know, are we hearing? Hearing the word of God, hearing his voice. 46 times, just in the book of Revelation, 46 times hearing God. 492 times across just the New Testament. I mean, it's amazing how many times 
we are called to listen and to hear what God is saying. And even the word listening, 75 times in the New Testament, we're called to make sure we're listening. To make sure that we're listening to the Word of God. Listening to the Spirit of God. Listening to Jesus. Listening to our Father. And you know, one of Jesus' classic phrases, he said many times, whoever has ears, let them hear. I got ears. You got ears. Most of us have ears. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And it's no no small thing. This is a major thing. I honestly, it wasn't until I say this, I've been studying it, that I'm just blown away by how important this is and what a big issue it is. You know, as as, as we are, many of us, this is part of our getting ready for the year and getting ourselves to a good place for the year. And so this was part of my study of preparation is make sure that I'm listening to God, make sure that I'm hearing what he's telling me. Because I don't want to just set goals and just go out and chase after things. If if it's not what God wants me to chase after, if it's not what God has for me, because the most important question is not what I want, what does God want? And that's what will be blessed. And that's ultimately what's going to make me happy anyways, because God designed me and knows what is best for me. And so I want to make sure I'm hearing. So as I've focused on this topic, as part of just being in tune with the spirit, part of being encouraged by the spirit, I'm blown away by what a huge topic it is. In Matthew 17, 15, it says, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. I love this. You know, this was God affirming Jesus. This is God telling everybody, I want you to listen to my son. He says, look, this is my son. I love him and I am super happy about him. I mean, wouldn't any son want to hear that from his dad, right? I love him and I'm well pleased with him. And he tells everybody, listen to him. He wants you and I to listen to Jesus. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. Jesus oftentimes talked about listening, you know, and and he warned us too. You quoted from Isaiah, there'll be ever hearing, but never perceiving, ever hearing, but never understanding. So it's not, it's not just about hearing it. Not, it's not about sitting in the building at church. It's not about having the TV on, but it's listening to it and understanding it. It means you can't be doing seven other things. It means you can't be, you know, reading your emails. It means you can't be, uh, uh, you know, looking at the latest news feed or or checking out Twitter or checking out, you know, whatever on, on our phones. Because we will not be listening and we will not be understanding. We can hear it. We can hear it. We can be in the same room. But it doesn't mean that we're really understanding. It doesn't I mean, mean that we're listening. And if we're not listening, it's definitely not going to mean that we're understanding. So Jesus called us he called us the crowd he called the crowd to him and he said listen and understand you know the whole thing about the parable of the sower was all about really being a good listener but not letting the word bounce off because you're not paying attention or because you're prideful or because you assume you already know about sinking roots in, taking time to really study to learn to understand about removing the rocks and you know out of the and 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 digging deep roots in and protecting so your faith doesn't get choked out. And and you know when you listen and you understand and you practice, boom, you bear fruit. All kinds of ways in life, in relationships, in happiness, in joy, in peace, in security, and in helping other people to become Christians as well. But many, many ways. But we have to be listening and understanding, he says. And Luke 8, 18 says, Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more, and whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. This is one of those teachings of Jesus that are like, whoa, wait, what? Wait, 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 what? What do you mean that whoever has will be given more, but whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken? That doesn't sound fair at all. Well, 
we better understand that because that's what's going to happen. That's what Jesus says. Is even the, the ones who have very little, they're going to get lose that. Even the little they have, they're going to lose it. The ones that have a lot, they're going to be giving me more. That does not sound fair. But if you really listen carefully to what he's saying, you understand that that is more than fair. That is better than fair. That is grace. That is mercy. But the only way we'd understand this is if we consider carefully, if we listen carefully. And so he calls us, he he challenges us, he's telling you and I, consider carefully how you listen. It's not just listening, but how we listen. Are we really paying attention? You know, there's a lot of talk today, you know, in great books out there about being an active listener, an empathetic listener, a, a compassionate listener, a validating listener, and they're all great. I mean, there's a whole science behind listening. And it's basically what Jesus is saying. Think carefully, consider carefully how you listen. How careful are we in our listening? The bottom line is, listening is a big deal. It's a big deal. It's not something small. It's not something we can just shrug off. I mean, hopefully, you're listening right now. (laughs) Hopefully, we're not doing five other things. I mean, we could even be sitting at the park in our chair on our phones doing five other things. Or somewhere else, thinking about something else. It's a big deal to God. You remember remember the story I told about the guy who studied to be a telegraph operator? And it's that little machine, you go, it's in the 1800s, that's how they sent messages. And he was so excited. He said he got his certification, his degree in, in telegraph operating. He puts he, he looks in the newspaper. There's a one ad. And he's super excited. Somebody's looking for a, to hire a telegraph operator. He goes down to the building and he, and he says, okay, I'm here. And he walks in to put his application in the, in the application room. And lo and behold, there's like 30 people in there. And it's like, oh, my goodness. He's competing with like 30 other people. And, you know, it's some big telegraph office. And so he walks up and he gives the lady his application. And she looks at him and says, okay, well, we'll call you if if if, if you get the job. Uh, we'll call your name. Uh, we'll call, no, we'll ask for you to come if you get the job. And he's like, okay. So he goes and he sits down and, and he's waiting and waiting, hoping to hear his name called or hoping to... to, to to you know, hear her ask him to come up, and he's sitting there, and you know, there's all kinds of everybody sitting there waiting, and there's telegraph operators in the background. You can hear all the you know all the noise, and then after about 15 minutes, he gets up and he walks up to the front and he says, "I accept the job," and she says, "It's yours," and everybody else is like, "Wait, what? What? What in the world? We just got here, or we've been here longer, and he just got here, and he just you know, how come he gets a job?" Well, the deal was. Somebody was telegraph in the background sending, if you want the job, come up to the desk and accept it. All that, they were communicating, but nobody was listening except him. And he heard it and he responded. See, we, we, we have to be listening. We have to be the ones who are listening. We have to be the ones who hear what God is saying to us. There is a classic prayer. It's called the Shema. Shema Israel, Adonai Elohenu, Adonai Echad. It's the classic prayer. Jews pray it twice a day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Every morning, every evening. It's Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. It's a very important prayer. It's been prayed for 3,000 years, daily. It's called the Shema, which literally means listen up, listen carefully. It also has the connotation or the idea of paying attention. Like whatever you're doing, stop and pay attention. So he starts out, Shema Israel. Listen up, people of God. It also has tied to it the idea of hearing and obeying. They are totally connected. 
It's like saying, listen up and obey, or listen and do. It's a call to the people. I love, one of my favorite books is Micah, and it's organized along three Shema's. Hear, O leaders. Hear, O people. Hear, everyone. And 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 and, and it's how court cases used to start out with, you know, you, you've seen movies at least where they say, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. No, everybody, listen up. The idea of whatever you're doing, stop, focus, and hear the word of the Lord. You remember when when Ezra read the word? Remember when they were rebuilding Jerusalem and the wall and, and the whole city? And they had they found the book of the law. They had found the Bible. They had lost it. I mean, you talk about bad news. When there's only, I mean, it's bad enough when we lose our Bibles, but there's, everybody's probably got two or three at home or one in the car or somewhere else. But imagine when the entire people of Israel, they only had one and they lost it. And they found it and they stood on a podium and everybody stood up when he opened it up and started reading. Because he was reading the word of God. And they stood at attention. And it says he read it all day long. And people were crying. They were weeping. They were so excited. Imagine being there. The excitement. We found the word of God. And so they were listening so intently. This is what God calls us to. To listen up. To hear what he says. To pay attention to what he's telling us. I mean, in, in, in so many ways. It's key to our relationships, right? I mean, we know that that the quality of my marriage depends on if I listen to my wife and if she listens to me. The quality, you know who my friends are? They're the people who listen to me and care when they listen and pay attention to what I'm saying. They they, They hold back judgment. They hold back reaction. They hold back just trying to throw out a bunch of advice. But they want to hear what's on my heart. What's going on with me? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? I have a group of brothers I get with every Tuesday evening. And we start out by checking in. And our check-in is just basically one word that describes how we're doing. And we share why. My word is this and here's why. And it's so good because we just listen. Because we're a group of brothers who really what brings us together is our love for God. But also our love for each other. And what does that mean? We want to hear what's on each other's hearts. When you love somebody, you want to hear them. You feel love when somebody wants to hear you, wants to, to, to listen to you. So the, the question this morning is, are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? Are you listening? Are you hearing the word of the Lord? The word of the Lord. Are you hearing this month? Or are you so distracted and so busy you know, sometimes we're like the matrix, dodging the bullets of whatever God is saying. We're not getting it. And then sometimes we're just not paying attention. Or are we distracted? Hearing the word of God, practicing Shema, is dealing with the distractions. See, we live in a very, very distracted world. There's so much going on all around us. We're bombarded with information. We're bombarded with things that are calling our attention. I mean, we, our phones are just, they suck us into the world and what's going on out there all the time. 2,617 times. What is that? 2,617 times. That's how many times a day the average person touches their phone. That's a huge amount of attention. Imagine, I mean, what if we count how many times we touch our Bible and compared it? How many times do we look up scriptures in a day and compared it to how many times we look up things on our phones? 12 seconds. The average attention span in the year 2000. 12 seconds. 12 seconds.
Have we lost you already? 12 seconds. It goes like that, and our minds are... That was the year 2000. Today, 8 seconds. It's gone down a lot, 30%. And that's a major shift since iPhones came out. Compare that to a goldfish. has a 9-second attention span. The average goldfish can pay attention for 9 seconds. We're not even doing as good as a goldfish as a society. And all these these stats, by the way, are come out of the book that I recommended, John Mark Comer's Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. The average attention span... And part of a lot of that is multitasking. We have to be, we have to understand that multitasking is a myth. It's a myth. It's been proven, all kinds of research has been proven, has proven that multitasking is a myth. And what do I mean by that? Multitasking is the promise that within the same amount of time, you can get twice as much or three times or four times as much done. That, oh, I can do this, 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 and we get all kinds of gadgets and inventions and all kinds of cool things so that we can multitask. But in reality, we cannot give any one thing our full attention because our attention gets divided, 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 and splintered. You ever talk to somebody who's trying to do something else and you know they're not paying attention? My kids have gotten on me about this. And I'm on the computer and I say, hey, dad, can I, can I tell you something? I say, sure. And I keep working. Dad, dad, I know what they mean. I need to stop and give them my attention. Because I'm not really catching. How do I know? Because later on, I completely forgot what they said. Or I'm doing something, Michelle saying, hey, can you pick up some eggs, bread and cheese and whatever, coffee at the store? 20 minutes later, I'm calling her from the store. What, what did you say you want me to get? And she'll say, I knew you weren't listening. <laughs> I was looking at her. But in my mind, I was multitasking. I was organizing stuff. I was thinking about this. I was planning that. And I wasn't giving my attention. It's funny because we have we different we have different ways this comes out. I love going to, I love movies. I love going to the movies, the theater. Because it's dark and nobody's supposed to be talking. And I can just, boom, zero in and focus. And I get so much out of it. When I try to watch a movie in my, at home with my family, people are talking. People are asking questions. And, and you know, and it's, it's like they're asking a question. And then I got to answer the question. And then two minutes later, they're asking me, what did he say? And I'm like, it's because you were talking during the, during the movie. And, da, 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 and that's my, I get all frustrated. But I do the same thing. I do the same thing in different ways. And what I've learned is whatever is most important, I cannot multitask. No multitasking allowed. Not if it's really important. If it doesn't matter, it's cleaning the oven, mopping the floor, throwing the trash out, and do, okay, do it all at the same time. Great. Doesn't need my attention. But giving my attention is the way I can say I love you. Is a way I can say you're important. You ever talk to somebody and they keep looking at their clock or their watch or their phone? And you're like, excuse me, do you, do you need to be somewhere? Or, or am I out of time? Are you in a hurry? Right? I mean, we've all said that, right? We hate that. Especially if we're trying to communicate something important. So how does God feel when we're at church and we're doing five other things? And somebody, anybody, is reading the Word of God. And we're only kind of half paying attention. It's a major thing. And what I realize is, I think it's a lot of why some people's relationships with God have gotten so boring. They've gotten so flat. They've lost their first love. Their hearts have grown cold. Because they haven't been paying attention. I know this, that when I'm doing something, and I put sometimes I like to put a movie on just to have it on the background. I can't put a movie on I've never seen. I'm not going to like it. I can tell you right now, I'm not going to like it. 
Because if I'm doing something else, I'm only partially listening and I'm missing a lot of things and I'm not, you know, that movie, some director really worked on, you know, it took a whole team that wrote every line in the script, every scene, everything just to give us the information we need, the feelings we need, the experience we need to have. So we get what they want to get us to get out of the movie. But if you're only partly paying attention, you're half time saying, what, what's going on? What? And we tend to get negative. God has done that on a grand scale where he's created the universe, the earth, and life, and everything for us. And he's giving us and trying to give us instructions on how to do this thing called life. But if we're not paying attention, and we don't appreciate it. And we're certainly not reaping the blessings of it. Just the ability to pay attention. What is the Spirit saying? <laughs> the Spirit is saying, Shema, listen up. Pay attention to God. Every time a Bible is opened up and read, stop whatever you're doing and listen. I went to synagogue and I was blown away because when they brought out the Word of God, the, the Torah, the Tanakh, and they walked around the room and everybody, you know, it's wrapped this beautiful wrapping and people were kissing the tassels and it's everybody stood up and it was so much honor given because why? Because it's the word of God. And then I was thinking I got Bibles thrown in the, in the floor, my pack seat and my trunk and, and I'm not thinking of how special those words are. And when I hear them, I'm not totally focused on them. And therefore, I am disrespecting God. It's why I asked, you know, I even noticed that, you know, on the online when we're watching the service. And I've asked that whenever we're taking communion, it's being preached or being taken or the sermon's being preached. Not to be saying hello from all over and greeting each other and talking to one another. Because we're not supposed to be doing that. We do that at the beginning during the welcome. We can do it at the beginning songs. We can say hello and please do. I mean, it's great. It's always fun to see who's online and who's making comments. But when the when we open the scriptures, start reading, that should stop. Because we're listening. And if we're singing, really, that should stop. I give a lot of slack when we're at home because we're at home. But at church... All discussing, all talking, all distractions should stop. And we should focus. Because we're communicating with God, the creator of the universe. Shema, Israel. Shema, Metro. Listen up. Pay attention. Hear. And so what does all this mean about connecting with the Spirit? Well, to hear what the Spirit's saying, that means we just got to be good listeners. And frankly speaking, most of us are lousy. Or some things were really good and some things were not, like me. I know when it comes to a movie, I'm a great listener. I don't like people talking to me. I don't like people distracting me. I'm like in the movie. But I also know, though, when I'm running around the house and I got a lot to do, I can become a lousy listener. And Michelle will tell me, okay, this is what I need you to get. I need you to do this, do, do, do. And then I get to the store and I cannot remember what she said. The other night, we just said, let's go out for tacos. And, and she told me what she wanted. I got down there. I could not remember what she said. Because I remember I was thinking about something else when I was walking out the door. And that's okay. That, that happens. But believe me, part of what makes Michelle and I's relationship great is we sit down every morning, we have a cup of coffee, and we just listen to each other. How much more do I need to listen to God? And not be distracted. It means not being distracted. It means, hey, when we're watching church, don't be looking at your phone. Don't be running around doing something else. Give God your full attention. Don't be rushed. You know, when you sit down and talk with somebody that really, somebody says, I really need to talk to you. And they sit down and they've got tears in their eyes. You can't be looking at your watch. You can't be saying, hey, I only got five minutes. You can't be tapping your feet or doing this, you know, right? Because 
You can't hurry love. <laughs> we know the song. You can't hurry love. Think about the great definition of love. 1 Corinthians 13. Love is what? Patient. Patient. Not rushed. When you're going to sit down and share hearts with somebody, it can't be you got 15 minutes. It can't be, it definitely can't be you got five minutes. And so we have to, we as God's people have to live our lives in a way that we are not rushing our relationship with God. Nor with anybody important, really. And that we're focused. That we're focused. You have my attention. And I know that that's hard because we live in such a distracted time. I mean, it is the challenge of our world right now. This is a different challenge. First century Christians didn't have this challenge. Life was much slower. And yet Jesus still was always telling them, whoever has ears, listen up. Hear what I'm saying. Way more challenging now. Because so much is distracting us. We're so distracted. The truth is, we're lousy at focusing. And a lot of it is like anything. It takes practice. In the mornings, when we have our quiet times, we can't be doing five other things. We can't even be doing, really shouldn't be doing two other things. We should do one thing. Pray to God. One thing. Read my Bible and listen. What is God telling me? Focus. The power of focus. And, and I'll be up for some of us, it's going to be hard to even set 10 minutes aside. Say, I'm going to read my Bible for 10 minutes and I'm not going to think about anything else. I'm not going to focus on I mean, I've been teaching people how to meditate. And it's the first thing that people say. I can't meditate. I can't focus my mind. You know, when everything gets quiet, my mind's bouncing all over. It's called monkey mind. And I just tell them, I say, look, with practice, you'll get better at it. But we're so used to just boom, 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 all day long. And our world is so geared towards that. And, you know, the, the whole idea of social media is things that grab your attention. It's, it's like trying to pay attention and somebody's throwing a bunch of hooks at you and pulling. They're just, you're, you're constantly getting pulled. But it takes some discipline and it's well worth it to learn how to be focused, practice it, to practice it. I love the warning in Hebrews, and we, we, we heard about this one already, but just to go back and go there again, because it's so it talks about what we're talking about. He says, we must pay the most careful attention. This is Hebrews chapter 2. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through the angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation this salvation which was first announced by the lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him people that were listening and heard what he had to say but notice how he starts out and he's talking about not falling away. He's talking about not losing your faith. He's talking about not growing cold as a Christian. He says we must pay the most careful attention. What does that look like? What does it look like to pay the most careful attention? Think about it. Try to picture it. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for you? If you're paying the most careful attention to everything God said, to everything Jesus taught. How does that make your life look? What do you do with your time? How do you start out your day? How do you end your day? Therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. There's two key words in there that are really good. Key words in Greek, prosech, Excuse me, prosejo, prosejo is on guard. That's the pay attention. You have to be on guard. You have to be alert. You got to be ready. Like, don't miss anything, right? Don't miss anything. I remember one time I was walking through a field with my dad. We were out for a walk in the, out in the country. And we walked about halfway and my dad grabbed my shoulder. He said, 
when I say go, run to the fence as fast as you can. Don't look back. And I was like, what? And he pointed and there was a huge bull on the other side of the field. And he was already getting ready to charge. And my dad said, go. And boom, we took off running. But we'd gotten halfway through the field without noticing there was a big bull in the field. Because we weren't paying attention. But let me tell you something. Once I saw that bull, I was alert. Fight or flight was in full mode. And I was flying. The Bible tells us your enemy, the devil, prowls around looking for people to devour. Who are the easiest sheep to devour? Ones that aren't paying attention. Ones that aren't listening. They're so into what they're doing, they have no idea of the danger that looks around them. He says, therefore, to what you've heard. We've heard a lot. Even in this month, we've heard a lot about changing and getting ready. Have you paid attention? Well, what's the sign of whether you paid attention? What have you changed? What goals do you have? What habits are you going to form? What, what, what are you doing different now than you were a month ago? That shows whether we're really listening carefully or not. Whether we're hearing and understanding. Whether we're allowing it to change us. He says, and then it goes into why. For since the message spoken through the angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? He's saying, look, in the Old Testament, people that didn't listen to the word of God were punished. The word of God that was often delivered through angels. That if, I mean, even if an angel said something and they didn't listen to it, I mean, a lot of people got visits by angels in the Old Testament. And if they didn't do what it said, it would go bad. They'd go through a punishment. How much more should we be punished if the Son of God tells us something and we don't pay attention and we don't hear it? This is what he's saying. And he said, all this was proved by those who listened, those who heard. The people who listened to God and obeyed and did what he said to do. The people who kept listening, not just once so they could be converted, but made listening as a way of life. And that's what it is. It's a way of life. So what is the Spirit telling you? We've had some pretty straightforward lessons and messages over the last few weeks. What is the Spirit telling you? What is he saying to you? It's a really important question. Because we don't want to be guilty of ignoring the Holy Spirit. And I, it's funny because every time I talk about we're going to focus on the Spirit, everybody goes, yay, whoa, Because in our church, we generally never do focus on the Spirit. We are now. But this is part of it. This is part of, I would say, one of the key parts of really focusing on the Spirit is listening to the Spirit and being and finding out what is the Spirit telling you. Because, And that's part of the fun of being a Christian is learning how to hear the Spirit. Learning how to be led by the Spirit. Well, what exactly does that mean, Robert? How do we know? Well, the most obvious and the easiest one is Scripture. It's why the, the Holy Spirit was behind the Scriptures. There you go. Boom. That's an easy one. That's a no-brainer. We just open our Bibles and we know the Spirit is speaking to us. The other one is prayer. Learning to be still and know that God is God. Growing in our knowledge of God through prayer, through experience, spending time. What helps Michelle and I to feel close, what helps Doug and I to feel close, what helps Reese and I to feel close, what helps Casey and I to feel close, is talking, communicating, sharing, even praying together. Doug and I pray together on most Wednesday mornings. That just connects us, no matter how busy we are. We're both incredibly busy, but we always have time to stop and connect with God and each other. And God has an amazing way of speaking in prayer. Things come up. I keep my notebook literally with me when I pray. When I have my prayer, my morning prayers, I have a whole list of prayers. Prayers that are memorized, prayers that, not memorized, but prayers that are written. Prayer, times I just talk to God and share and ask him questions and tell him how I'm feeling. And, and it's amazing how many things come to me. And I'm writing things down all the time. 
A lot of what I preach is what I get in those times. Number three, we sermons and lessons. Of course, God speaks through people. I mean, the truth is, I mean, God spoke through a donkey. He can speak through people, and he does a lot. And a lot of sermons and lessons. So we have to pay attention, not just because it's Casey or Robert or Reese or Michelle or 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 whoever. It's not, it's, it's not because of that. It's because God speaks through sermons and lessons. And that's why it's so important to have spiritual leaders because they're in touch with God and God can speak through them. But sermons and lessons are really important because of that. Spiritual conversations. Sometimes we sit down, we just talk about God with people and God reveals and gives people words to say. I mean, there are a lot of times where I'm literally like, I'm preaching something or I'm sharing something. And in my head, I'm thinking, wow, this is really good. It's not what I planned on saying. It's, it wasn't in my notes, but whoo, it's coming out and it's clearly from God. And that can even happen in conversation. Definitely happens in sermons and lessons, but it can definitely happen also even in conversations. I have talks with people and sometimes it's not, not somebody who's a Bible teacher. It's not somebody who's even a leader, just somebody who's just being a disciple and they share their thoughts. And it's like, whoa, that was a missing piece I needed. That helped me really understand something key. Repeated themes. I always keep my eyes open for that. What is God showing me? What is God telling me? I have three or four different conversations. The last one I, that really showed me was how important it is that we get reconnected. And the fact that people are getting pulled away. And that came out with, uh, somebody sent me an email about, I think there's people not getting the help they need. Somebody talked to me on the phone, said, I think there's there's couples that aren't getting any help. That the, there's a, the, Somebody sent me an email, I think we've lost some members in this Bible talk. And all in what, like in one or two weeks, boom, 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 I got all these things. And clearly, the Holy Spirit was saying, we got to pull the body back together. And we got to find out who's, who's gone, who's disappearing and why. And sometimes it's events. There'll be a Bible talk. There'll be a conference. There'll be something. And the Holy Spirit sets it up so he can speak to us. I have written on the slide, voices, angels, and demons. Why? Because it's the way we all want to be spoken to from God. We all want to hear a voice or have an angel visit us or a burning bush or a donkey start talking to us or, you know, We'd all like this miraculous conversation. First of all, you have to re realize that very few people in the history of the world have had that kind of miraculous intervention. Tons of people claim it. Tons of people claim it. There are entire denominations that believe that God speaks in voices to them. And most of the time, these are people that aren't even, well, I would say most of them, but many of my, in my experience, many times it was people that weren't even living like disciples. And I knew there's a problem with that. And if you look even in the Bible, it's of only a handful of people that get a visit from an angel or get a voice. Most of the time, one through five is how God speaks. It's how the Holy Spirit communicates with us. And then there's even times I do believe that demons are communicating with us. And they'll use conversations and they'll use situations and sometimes... I personally even believe that sometimes that people do hear voices of demons. Paul warned Christians, test the spirits. Make sure they're of God. How do I know if they're of God? If I hear something or if I hear a voice in my head? Well, the easy way is, is it backed by scripture? Is it a spiritual thing? Is it line up? With the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit wrote Scripture. So everything we hear should line up with Scripture. If it doesn't, then clearly it's not of God. There's never an inconsistent. God is never inconsistent with Himself. God doesn't disagree with the Bible because <laughs> He wrote it, because the Spirit wrote it. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. But I absolutely believe when I read and meditate, Lots of things come in my mind. And I believe that's the hand of God. I, I believe the angels appear every once in a while. I mean, at, you know, anytime I'm in a... It seems like when I'm hanging out with a crowd, there's always 
there's, there's oftentimes angels will come up in the conversation. And there's usually one or two or three people in the crowd that has an angel story. I got a couple of my own angel stories. And I think I've even shared some of them. The guy that was told me to keep going in front of the store in Harlem. I've got several more where, where I look back or I think I shared the one or Michelle shared it of, of when this woman all dressed in white and we were going through really some tough financial times and Michelle had a bunch of dental work and we had a big dental bill, hundreds of dollars and Michelle went out to make a payment and the lady said, oh, that lady you talked to, the one that was all dressed in white, she paid your whole bill. What? I think that lady was an angel. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe Yes. The Bible tells us that when we serve people, sometimes they'll be angels. But this isn't about getting a eerie and mystical. Although there is some of that there. And angels do appear. And most of the time, we're not even going to know it. But it's really simple and practical. Just scripture, prayer, sermons, lessons, spiritual conversations, paying attention. But here's what we have to do. We've got to learn to be still, to just stop, not multitask, still ourselves. I challenge you, you know, I started out with this challenge two years ago, to spend 10 minutes just sitting there thinking about God. 10 minutes just thinking about God, nothing else. And at first it was so hard. I mean, my brain was bouncing. I had monkey mind like crazy. But with time, I got better and better and better at it. And then it was like, whoa, I got all these incredible ideas when I was doing that. From God, I believe. So just be quiet. Learn to quiet ourselves. And I don't mean literally sound, because for me, part of what helps me to focus is music. Not with words. Instrumental music. Michelle, actually, she, it's when she loves Christian music. And, and that helps her. I can't have words because words distract me. I start listening to them. I love classical music. I love meditative music because it just helps me to focus my brain. I think I'm pretty sure I'm ADD. I've never been professionally diagnosed, but I got a lot of the signs and I've taken a couple of quizzes online that told me I pretty much was. And that helps me to focus, to listen up. Practicing listening. Not just hearing the words, hearing the meaning, hearing the heart, hearing the intention, hearing the mindset, hearing the love. Paying attention, practicing that. In the morning when we get up, having a time and a place is just you and God. Nobody else. You and God. And for some of us, that might mean getting in your closet. For some of us, it's going for a walk around the block. For some of us, it's taking a ride down to the beach. But making that a regular part of your daily rhythm, your daily life. And okay, of course, obeying. Shema. Listen up and obey. And making sure that I'm Hearing what God is telling me, and I'm doing what God is telling me. Because that's how we understand. That's what Hebrew writers said, that the mature come to understand because they continually practice this. They do this. They listen, they think about it, and then they practice it. They listen, they think about it, and practice it. So I close out with this scripture. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. This is Isaiah 55. If, Even if you have no money, come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. This is God speaking. Why spend your money on food that does not give, your, give you strength? Why pay for food that does, that, has, that does you no good? Listen to me. It's God speaking. Listen to me. And you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Open those ears. Remember, God gave us two ears, one mouth, so we'd listen twice as much as we talk. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. Practicing. 
the art of listening to God's word. That's how we're led by the spirit. That's how we'll hear what the spirit says to the churches, what the spirit says to you and to me. He says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. The man after his own heart. That's a beautiful promise, a beautiful prayer, a beautiful word from God. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. Did you hear that? And what does he want us to do? Listen. Hear. Pay attention. Pay attention. God will bless you. God will give us a great year. If we do not pay attention, we will not hear the Spirit. And the Spirit can't do anything with us if we're not paying attention with him, for Him, to Him. God speaks to us. He speaks to you. And I could see it in some of your eyes when you're coming up. You say, man, I was listening to this. I was reading that. I was studying this out. And you could see it because there's an excitement when you know I'm hearing God's voice. And God is speaking to me. And I'm responding. That's connection. That's connection. And that's what this is all about. Connecting with God. Connecting with each other. God bless you. And buen camino. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 